0: Hi, and welcome to Toward All Recall, uh, the podcast where we yell about books by Tamara Pierce. Is that the intro to this podcast? It may or may not be. I don't think so, though. What is it?
1: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Tortle Recall, the podcast where our hosts don't remember how to introduce our own podcast. We've been doing this for
0: over a year.
2: Hi, welcome to Tortle Recall. It's a Saturday night. Please forgive us.
0: <laughs> Can someone tell me the intro and then I'll start to repeat it? Hello and welcome to Tordall Recall, the podcast where we reread. Tam- blah, 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 blah. Hello and welcome to Tordal Recall, the podcast where we reread Tamara Pierce books and yell about them, and we record intros, and that's what we're best at. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: anyway, um, I'm Grace, and my pronouns are she/her. And today, I would like to ask you the question that Gus jokingly posed in an email, which is: Imagine Cal, our girl Cal uh punching our arch nemesis wilden is that his name in the face what song is playing in the background my answer is let him talk by kesha
3: very good my name is is gus and my pronouns are they them and my answer to this question is the song five out of six by dessa very good answer
2: uh my name is aurora my pronouns are she her And I was really struggling with this one, one. so y'all forgive me. I think I settled on We Are the Champions by Queen. I was going to say Killer Queen because, like, good, but thematically We Are the Champions is better. Mm -hmm. I like the classic, yeah. That's definitely, like,
0: the John Hughes movie version Mm. of that sequence. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, yes.
1: Um, My name is Amy, my pronouns are she, her, and I would choose, my gut reaction was Hide and Seek by Imogene Heap
0: beautiful beautiful best dancer beautiful good very good Um, guys the energy on this podcast so far man it's rocking is it the normal energy for a podcast no y'all are so tired yeah i think we're
1: all a little bit sleepy
0: are you ready for some literary criticism talk about feminism do it now (laughs) Mm. Mm. can i just
2: reiterate that Wilden sucks this is good uh, feminism. Yeah, no
0: kidding. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. So upsetting. I just wrote down quotes. I have like a <laughs> full page of quotes of him saying terrible things. And I'm like, in what world is this acceptable? And I'm like, wait, it's not. Aurora, yeah. Aurora, read us your slam book. My slam book? <laughs> I the first yeah. one I think is like literally on the back of the book, but it's that girls are fragile, more emotional, easier to frighten. And then he goes on to be like, not as strong, tire easily, get knights killed, and I'm like, shove it, my friend Wilden, you're not my friend, just kidding, I take that back.
3: <laughs> yeah. Did you see the, of course you read this line, there's a line where he's, where, where they're like, I don't remember who, who says it, but someone's like, if, if there's a boy in her room, the door always has to be open, and someone's like, oh uh, she's a little young for that, and <laughs> Wilden says, in my experience, females start early. <sighs> uh-huh, uh-huh, it's the uh-huh. worst thing i've ever read in my life it's Uh
0: terrifying because it's just creepy it's a it's a threatening line i would say and i hate it i hate it
1: i hate it i was viscerally uncomfortable yeah like she's like 10 11 10 or 11 that those ages are the same because they're both incredibly young because
3: they're both a baby Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. yeah. um Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was about to say, wow, Wilden is a really good villain, but he's not framed as a villain. We've already talked about this. No, he's not. Um, Which is part of why I really struggle with this as a character, because
0: I think in some ways it's really demonizing the idea of these critiques by making it kind of like the most stereotypical version of this. Like, she doesn't have to, like, and granted, it's a book for kids, but there's not Mm. a lot of complexity in this, which has some benefits. But at the same time, I feel like it's not... The most nuanced way to portray uh, any kind of a gender dynamic, it's all like this built up bully of an older character, an older male character who she has to prove wrong. It's very simplistic uh, in a lot of ways. And then On top of that, we're supposed to kind of be like, oh, but we are fond of the establishment. The patriarchy could never be truly defeated. We must learn to accept it and become grudgingly fond of it. Um, (sighs) And that's gross, and I want to throw it in the trash.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I super don't feel like uh, tolerating well-meant sexism today, or ever.
0: Or ever. But especially
3: now. Yeah. Yeah. This was a hard...
0: Book to read
3: now. <laughs> yeah, for context. Although you know, this is like always true. It's September twenty ninth today when we're recording this. I'm pretty sure it's just gonna keep being terrible. This will just be as just as relevant whenever this releases.
0: Yeah, but yeah. this
3: is during the uh, media media coverage
0: of the Kavanaugh trial. So, so for to time step a little bit, that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm at is angry.
2: Like, angry and emotionally exhausted.
3: Boy. Boy.
2: Boy. What a
0: light note to start our
3: podcast on. Yeah. Um, I have, like, a, um, like, a segue, sort of. Or at least it's Mm -hmm. related to Wilden and, like, feminism and stuff. Uh, Someone on Twitter, I think it was Finnegan, uh, was talking about, um, how these books, uh, how these books are... How they have, uh, they show very um, like toxic masculinity in pedagogy, Mm. um, and how like like the way that you can be a a teacher in ways that uphold toxic masculinity, and kind of wanted to know our thoughts on that. Um, And Wilden's teaching style, I would say, is like Wilden himself. There are ways in which he is very, he has just very blatant. Toxic masculinity that he, uh, in in ways where he's, um, I would say especially his, the way he approaches um, pain and uh, resistance to healing. Mm. Like, he doesn't want to be healed. Like, his approach to that is a very, um, is is an example, I'd say, of toxic masculinity. Definitely. Um, Yeah, and it's bad
0: modeling because you see Cal start mm -hmm. to try and take that on, which is bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Especially as pedagogy, because you should be really clear if you're modeling that behavior, you know, personal choices. These are bad ones, but um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that children are vulnerable people and they're not going to be able to make um, decisions like that in a Mm -hmm. healthy way.
3: Uh Right. If their main role model is uh, if that's if that's what they're modeling, then that's going to impact the choices that they make. Yeah.
1: But the good like the good thing about these books is it's made clear that like Walden is not the only role model that the people that the kids in these books have. Like yeah, a few, like the school is, school? This like this place has so many good role models, of, and like, or at least so many okay role models. But, like mm-hmm. Ma- Miles is there and he's great. The math teacher yeah. is like not super like understanding or willing, not uh, super willing to like bend his principles, but he's really great and he like evaluates Kel based on her ability. And like Dane is there and she's only 18, but they don't know that they're 10. <laughs>
2: Yeah, (laughs) we have Lindhall and don't forget our good friend Takah. Yeah. Oh, my
0: gosh.
2: You know what's a cool
0: evolution of Tortal and feminism is that in this book, there's more than one woman.
1: Oh, my
2: gosh. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I really enjoyed, um, uh, uh, what's her name, Salma? Salma? Salma's really super great.
3: I love she's her. the um what is she is she the she's house? like the head of house yeah she's yeah. like the
2: housekeeper but she organizes things for the pages and yeah she's super boss mm-hmm. she looks out for cal which is great
3: yeah oh yeah one thing that
1: i really love about these books is that, is that like whenever people see something has happened to cal because she was targeted because of her gender they're like Okay, first of all, you're not taking care of this. you're gonna go to class mm-hmm. and you're yeah. gonna be great at this and I am going to take care of this for you because this should not have happened to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like incredible to have in this book and I love it so much like people just doing what they can to support someone who is having injustice like mm-hmm. put on them.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And I like um, this is not exactly or it is a bit of a feminism thing because it's about power dynamics. I really like children's literature that has adults in it, like models mm-hmm. trusting healthy rela- relationships with adults. Um, it's actually kind of rare, uh, and I really appreciate it because I think that you never know, there are a lot of young readers who don't have the best examples of that in their lives, and being able to see it is really healthy
3: and good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really I loved when Miles checked in with Kel and was just like, hey, are you doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a very good, good moment.
2: Yeah. In addition to Miles being great, I was thinking of other yeah. uh, cool lady characters that we get. And I mean, we have discussed how problematic, you know, the kind of treatment of the Shang Warriors are here. But uh, yeah. Ada Bell, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Oh my god! Pretty and, cool. Like, <clears throat> yeah. She's like... Yeah, of a much older generation, and she can still, like, you know, wrap one of those kids into, like, a little ball and, like, I'm sure throw them across <laughs> the entire, like, practice courts. Yeah.
1: Yep, that's what you want in a role model is the throwing <laughs> of children. She also
2: seems like a uh, nice person. The McGonagall
1: treatment. Or no, <laughs> no. no, she didn't do that. She yelled at someone for doing that. That's the opposite of
2: McGonagall.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> McGonagall would disapprove. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good way to know if pedagogy is good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, that's
1: a great litmus test, is just asking yourself, would Minerva McGonagall want me to be at her school?
0: Yeah. Is this good? Would she approve of this pedagogy? Um, I was just going to say that one thing I love about these books is that when Kel um, looks up to people as warriors, also women. It's so cool. Like, yeah. and. I felt like Alana, like to me, this is a big distinction between the two books kind of representing a change in the tides in the term of like where terms of where the feminist movement was going. And it's like so stark reading the first book of Alana versus the first book of Cal. Mm. Um, But it is really cool that uh, Alana really seemed like this island of the only woman who's ever wanted to be strong or smart or cool Um, and then (laughs) Kel has like strong, smart, cool female role models like her mom and you know we did talk a little bit about how that is I mean the incident is nuanced but like her mom and uh, Ada Bell and other people who are modeling for her who aren't just men Um, and I think that's really cool and you know not something we got as much with Alana. With Alana, it was like an individual person can have this strive, strive this way. And then Cal, much more feels like as a community or like women can be strong and support each other and all that stuff, which is, um, like more the kind of feminism that I like. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we sort of had like, in the Alana books, we sort of had moments where Alana was able to be that, except they were also racially tinged. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So it's really nice to have this now, even though with uh, with Cal, only some of it is racially weird.
0: Yeah. I do kind of wish T. Pierce had taken another run at some of the gender identity stuff that came up in Alana. I don't think that mm-hmm. that's very interesting here um you know for a number of reasons and maybe she wasn't ready to write about that but i think it would have been cool Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh i had a question for you all since we are still in feminism gender territory how do you all feel about cleon and the way that he interacts with cal bad weird right (laughs) Yeah,
3: I'd say weird. Um, I also I thought you said Klingon at first. <laughs>
0: I did think you said how do you feel about Klingon. And I was like,
3: I did not come prepared to discuss this. So it was like, were we in linguistics already? <laughs> Turns out we're always in
2: linguistics. We are oh, absolutely
3: Aurora
0: read the Klingon edition of this book, so she didn't realize not standard. Just got oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> anyway, I mean, there was, you know, it's it's kind of this mix, right? Because he does, he gives her chores, and in that way is, like, treating her like a page in a way that other people aren't. They just kind of don't talk to her, so he recognizes her. But also, there's this whole thing with, like, uh, resorting to, like, these very, um, you know, these floral. very, yeah, feminine stereotypes and referring to her as, like...
0: yeah.
1: Page, yeah. Something, like, whatever. Yeah, like if that weren't part of it, I would actually sort of be like I would be like a little bit okay with it because it's like, oh, he's just treating her like he would any other page. Badly.
3: <laughs> badly but, said. but he's specifically not. Right. I think we're right. supposed to
0: like him because he's treating her the same way. Is is if I had to take a stab at some authorial intent, I know we're not in that section, mm.
3: but I don't yeah, I don't know about intent, but the way I read his interactions with Kel is that it's this this he's being enabled by the system by the same system that allows Joran to just completely bully kids um, and he's being enabled to you know just kind of like maybe pick on but in a way that isn't malicious mm, you know yeah. intention wise he's he you know to like pick on and sort of um you know interact with Kel in a way that is you know in this way that winds up being very gendered and very um and uh, um maybe a little bit bullying or you know it's it's hazing it's part of hazing mm-hmm. um so i don't know i i think it's that's maybe one way to look at it
0: yeah um and also just him just kind of be like being like entrenched in the traditions and the power dynamics but with not the same level of maliciousness i think that Mm -hmm. we're supposed to see him as a benign version of that or you can read him as a benign version of those things those dynamics Mm -hmm. but i don't really buy into that i think that big brotherly teasing that's gendered and targeting Mm. is is bad (laughs) Um, (laughs) the same as if it was pointed and more mean-spirited teasing
1: he does get absorbed into the group, and I feel like after that it gets a little
0: less weird. but yeah.
1: Like...
0: also, Cal does talk back to him and be like, "Hey, no, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, but she also like does everything that he asks of her. But I like to think that once he gets absorbed into the friend group, everyone is like, "Cleon, stop. Like <laughs> and then quit he stops. it." And yeah. then he stops. That's what I like yeah. to imagine about this good crime fighting friend group. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I think mean, we'll see more from him in the future, and then we can revisit our Cleon thoughts. Um, so that was talking about feminism, right?
2: Wait, yes, <laughs> yes,
3: Nora.
0: please. We'll oh. never end this segment. It is kind of just the podcast. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Um, I have one last thing. I guess it's you could really put this anywhere, and it more has to do with this book. But I think it a lot of it plays into kind of where this particular point in these set of books, um, like, where they fall with regards to, like, feminism and... um, But I found this book to be, like, a very kind of both painful and on-the-nose example of the concept of privilege, just in the (laughs) sense that it's, like, very obvious how much harder Kel has to work and how much better she has to do than everybody else to kind of get the same things but not even mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um it's like you know a real good example and all of you know a lot of at least in this book it's because of her um gender mm-hmm. um
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, Alana was still taking on an additional burden mm-hmm. when she was in yeah. school and still, like, having to do the additional work of hiding her whole identity
2: while she was mm-hmm. there, all the time. That is true. But, like,
1: Kel is being actively targeted because she isn't hiding anything. And right. it's awful. Like, and also, there are points where she is being put through things that, like, are clearly wrong and that she should feel able to bring up to other people, but that she, like, partially through the weird, the, like, sort of strange Yamani things that are happening, that's, sh- like, this sort of strange Yamani cultural raising that she had. I don't know how to talk about it. But, like, they're partially, th- it's portrayed as being through that, but I think it's also that she doesn't necessarily trust anyone to really, like, be on her side with things. Mm. Like, the... Like, all the guys line up so that she can't get to the horses in time to get to a horse of her size. And then, like, also when Raoul, our friend, is like, hey, that horse is huge. Why did you give that girl that horse? Like, Wilden is like, um, she picked it. So
3: she had a choice between that horse and another terrible, worse horse. Yeah.
1: So, like, maybe I'm doing a great job, Raoul.
0: Did you think about that? Did you think about that?
1: Have you considered um, that I do a good job in other places that aren't related to how I treat women?
0: Did you have you considered <clears throat> that one time I did a good thing and therefore am beyond reproach ever?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, and then there's also the fact that like Kel has the weighted lance, like the illegal
3: weighted yeah. lance. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she just does... keeps doing that. Like Right, like that's absolutely the sort of thing where she could have gone to she anybody pr- had proof. Maybe mm-hmm. not wielded but like literally it even will. wilden i believe yeah. right. and been like hey so i have this lance and it is weighted look i can show you and they'd be like oh let's get you a different lance or they'd say she did it herself you know like oh that's true yeah Or yeah. they'd say
1: that like well if you didn't want that to happen to you maybe you shouldn't be here yeah right probably. like i'm not
3: saying it would have like everything would have been fine and great but she did just go like instead of like thinking about like you know oh I'm, like the maybe like i would have you know been maybe you know maybe i could i could talk to these people but they would react badly she was like you know what i'm going to stubborn my way through this i'm going to just i'm going to be better than everybody else because i have to be because i might as well be like i might right. as well just take this and use it to my advantage because she's extremely cool mm-hmm. and also very stubborn
1: but she's also being put through exercises that like grown like grown pages or grown squires yes. do grown knights do like wilden is intentionally putting them through exercises that are not made for people their age and no. she is additionally, on top of that, being given this weighted lance that she's not supposed to be using and that no one is supposed to be using because it is heavier than a standard lance significantly.
3: Right. And she also goes out and seeks out more exercises from Ada Bell and is like, hey, what can I do? And Ada Bell is like, let me teach you to do push ups. Right. And Kel's like, what is this? I've never heard of these before. It's great. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's very cute. Yeah, but also,
1: like, maybe the answer isn't always for the 10-year-old to get jacked.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong, Amy. You're not wrong. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. But I do think this is a good book to start a discussion because it happens a lot. It happens all the time. You know, if you've been, like, an example that came up for me was like, okay, so say you're in a science class and you are the only non-man in your group and suddenly you're supposed to do the same work as everybody else and write up the lab report. You did more work than everyone else, but you're just expected to do that, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. invisible to us because it's our system, but... Mm we can see this and we can see that it's unfair and we can look at it and say if people are disadvantaged around me they have done more work than I have done and I think that it's very fair for us to have to face
2: that you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I thought that's mm-hmm. one thing this book did do well like yeah. yeah and especially at first I thought it was kind of on the nose but this is a you know it is a in fact book for youth so <laughs> it, it, is, is okay. it is for youths <laughs> so in hindsight i think that's actually it was well done yeah yeah given the audience
3: yeah but yeah youth. i think given the audience and also just in general
2: yeah yeah mm-hmm. and youths are smart like they yeah. i'm sure they can handle it in a mature way um yeah and
0: youths should any of you listen to our podcast um and we don't even say swears so you can't <laughs> um, i do say swears We bleep our swears. (laughs) And we
1: forbid, and we have forbidden hyena facts that you can't even hear.
0: Um, But should you listen to this podcast, if someone tries to give you a very heavy lance, say, no, I would like a light lance that will not cause me to injure myself.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she could have injured herself. Also, I love
1: peach blossom, but you're Mm. not, like, it's not your job to keep a horse alive. No, it is not. Like, I don't it's, know a better way to say that.
2: but That
0: was a fun, interwoven horse book.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very horse book. Cal is real rich.
2: <laughs> she is, though, I think it is interesting. She's from newer nobility. She chatted with, um... Mm-hmm. um Neil. So, you know, Neil is, like, of the fanciest, oldest houses in Tortal. And... Hell, I believe her ancestors were merchants. <laughs> yep, that was. <laughs> <works. laughs> Maybe merchants. That might be a spoiler. I may have read that in the next book. Sorry, not Amy. not a spoiler. it's <laughs> um, a spoiler. It's not a spoiler if it's not important. <laughs> it changed
1: my entire understanding of this first book.
2: See? I um, told you. Sorry about that. Aurora, you ruined Amy. <laughs> um, oh, I think these books also is when... They really start putting more of a critical eye towards kind of uh, class relations and class in Tortal, which is delightful and refreshing. I think, I'm not sure it goes hugely into it in this book,
3: but... No, but there is way more of a focus in this book on just the, on like Salma and Gower and just the people who are, Mm -hmm. you know, the people who Kel interacts with who aren't nobility and who are, you know... Um, part of the staff of the castle yeah and they yeah. got
2: nice things like names and backgrounds and wow person- personalities exactly.
3: dialogue
2: um, yeah.
3: yeah which is their actual characters it's really interesting and cool <laughs> yeah no. yeah and we get great. a little bit more of and we get a little bit more of a look into how the palace functions mm-hmm. um and how like you know I, I think they talk about her going to the tailor and getting you know her outfits and clothes and things you know it's just I think it's a setup for the later books being also a lot more into class.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Which I'm really excited to get to. I think that we had talked about how it was a pretty flat picture in Alana. And it will be Mm -hmm. good to go a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Especially when you write about knights. I guess you kind of inherently write about titled nobility, right? You can't Mm -hmm. be a knight if you're not part of that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm.
3: My phone is going i mean uh-huh. in my understanding of knights which who knows how which that as is we've established
0: actual... just across the board very limited could we look it up <laughs> at some point probably cat <laughs> um, no hey hey do you want a meat <laughs> stick good boys can have meat sticks <laughs> boys so... off the couch. this
3: is all staying in
0: <laughs> <laughs> remember kids Good boys can have
3: meat, meat sticks.
0: <laughs> I have to go get him a meat stick now. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, my meat goodness. Meat stick
1: is maybe more cursed than what I was going to say.
0: <laughs> so our next segment is going to be um, about what we think about the linguistics in this podcast. This is my NPR voice. Um <laughs> So we're going to do some very fast linguistics. We wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, soldiers using sign language uh, and how it's not a true signed language, which is something that three-fourths of the people gathered here today are super passionate about. Mm -hmm.
2: Like, cool that they use hand signs. It's, like, very convenient. Um, But, yeah. So do catchers. So so do catchers, yeah. for <laughs> Is a it? Oh my god. Uh, a full language, it has to express, well, has to be able to express everything, not just, you know, where troops are moving and uh, mm-hmm. things like that. And, you know, has to have a full systematic Grammar. grammatical system. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Does the book describe it as a language? I don't think so, but I feel like it's one of those things where you would see it. Mm-hmm. By, by you, I mean, like, that that general nebulous term you. No,
3: like, you mean me, the lay person who doesn't know things about sign language. Oh,
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> one could see it and be like, "Oh, cool, sign language! They're saying stuff with their hands." Um, mm-hmm. But they do, you know. It's kind of like using like a thumbs up, except like an expanded version of that. Um yeah. But it's cool, like super handy. Um, handy. The whole. <laughs> but yeah in any case
0: yeah but that's a really common misconception right like a lot yeah. of people don't know that sign language such as like american sign language or the many other sign languages that exist in our world of mm-hmm. the real world um they are like totally real languages they can express most concepts with like a lot of alacrity to equal degree uh, to a spoken language. Um,
3: and when you say most concepts, you mean that in the same way that most languages can ex- express, express only most, most concepts. concepts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not in contrast to other languages. Right. No. Like an
0: yeah. in, in equal degree to, mm-hmm.
2: to other mm-hmm. languages. Yeah. Fully
0: yeah.
3: And also like sign sign
1: languages are not spoken languages, but made visual with your hands. They are their own languages with their own distinct grammar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, American Sign Language is completely separate from English. Like, mm-hmm. you know, little
2: relationship. Yeah. It's
1: actually very close to French Sign Language. Which
2: is pretty cool. And British Sign Language, not even related at all to American Sign Language. And I oh, love Oh, no, a lot. no, no.
1: It has a two-handed alphabet mostly.
2: It's just inconvenient, but. It cool, seems
1: but...
0: very inconvenient. That confuses me. That people put up with that. Uh, so that's how long we're going to talk about sign language. <laughs> but, um, tweet at us, and we'll be excited. Um, and um, do we have anything to say about bio? Birds eat
3: blood. Okay, is that a thing that happens in this book? No, no, no. that is
1: that was my fan theory. Okay,
3: I thought I missed it, and I was yeah. really concerned.
1: Oh, abs- no, 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 no. I would have brought up the blood horror a lot earlier if it had <laughs> happened canonically. Um, no, I was just thinking, you know, how Dane, when animals hang out with Dane for a long time, they become smarter. But when animals eat Dane's blood, they become way smarter. Smartest. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like maybe at some point over the course of this bur- boy of this book, the birds may have... <laughs> Ingested. This is not a good thing for me to have brought up. It felt good.
0: <laughs> um, 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 big brain, little brain, exploding brain meme, except amounts of Dane blood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Proximity to Dane, the meme. Uh,
0: you know what this podcast it... needed was more audio explanations of visual memes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Always.
1: Um. absolutely it also needed more of me saying incredibly cursed things but like in a cheerful voice
0: (laughs) yeah like when you said that they didn't do anything with the skin i think about that every day
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry but i still feel that strongly
0: what are the other sections friendship friendship i love friendship. friendship
1: in the queen's Riders segment
0: yeah, don't you love this group of crime-fighting friends? So much. It's a regular Gotham Academy over here. That reference is for you, Abby. <laughs> Aww. Um, but no, it's so great. They are just, yeah, here's the Queen Riders section. Don't we love the mini-Queen's Riders? Cal and her friends initially just Cal beating people up, but then her friends help. My favorite
1: part is the that it gets to the point where there are so many friends in the crime-fighting group that everyone else is just like, I guess I'll stop being in a gang now.
0: Yeah, either I have to join the crime-fighting group or I have to quit beating up, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like... It's just so nice, though. Like, it's just so much like, yeah, okay, I will help you fight crime, friend, because I trust and admire you.
3: And also, you're 10, and you're braver than any of us. I really liked how, I think it was Merrick, um, started out this book, he started out this book being kind of an antagonist to Kel. Um Like, he, you know, he, he was kind of cruddy to her at the beginning, and kind of sided against her, because most people did, everyone except Neil. Um, and... And but it was like a point that he did um, and that he treated her kind of badly. And then at the end, you know, like by the middle to the end of the book, he was one of her friends in the friend group and they were friends. And it's just like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes that's how kids make friends. You know, yeah. sometimes that is how it happens. You make friends with people who were mean to you. And it's just like <laughs> then, you know, and you can move past that. It's not like it's, it's never like, oh, Kel has to forgive Merrick. It's no. just like they're friends
2: now.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah sometimes kids are bad at being nice Mm
2: -hmm. yeah do you all remember the part when you know uh I think Kel was about to go on another like she was gonna sweep the place for the big bad bullies and Neil (gasps) came out and was like what are you doing and they were having this big conversation about bullying like some serious business and then he's like why didn't you ask us for help and Kel said I didn't think you would give me any and then Merrick I think it's Merrick one of those kiddos is standing in the door and is like, what? Like in a, we would have helped you. And I'm like, ah, what good friends you are. Go running with her down the hall.
0: What a good Ooh. friendship moment. And that they just like patrol the school together. Mm-hmm. I really love that.
1: I also just like, I sort of love any time in any media where someone where someone's friends are like, oh, no, you, oh, you need me to tell you that I'm your friend. I am your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I have been the person who's like, are we friends? Like, are, are we friends? Can I ask you anything? <laughs> yeah. like, and it's just nice. Like, it's just so nice to see that. And nice to see people, like, learning how to articulate their feelings of friendship to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And, like, learning that you have to do that.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. like, before Kel is called to Wilden's office... For, like, the last time, another one of her friends, whose name I also don't remember, because they're not Neil, and and whatever, uh, like, gives her, like, a little weird friend side hug, and I'm like, that's adorable. And it's so cute. Yeah, yeah, I just love how, you know, they come and they support each other in so many realms. It's not even, like, them running through the hallways. They help each other with, like, math. Yeah, they, they're study, they're a study group. They're
0: crime fighters and a study group. It couldn't <laughs> be better. It's so cute, yeah. and I just so... love the message that, like, you know, we get the initial we get the initial Gryffindor message of like, <clears throat> Cal goes out there and she punches and she doesn't win, but she sure did punch. But then we get the <laughs> secondary, more important Hufflepuff message <laughs> of true strength comes from asking. For help from your friends, and yeah. I love that. I love it so much. Mm-hmm.
3: the The friend who gave Kel an awkward hug was Seaver. Nice.
0: Oh, he's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, he's it's so, so cute. Some good boys. And I do. I mean, I liked Alana's friends a lot, but I just feel like we are getting a lot of personality out of this group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they've like. I don't know, just more involvement, and that's a lot of fun. Especially um, Neil. Yeah. Boy, love Neil. I know we talked about it for a while last episode, but it's really good. There's
1: always time to love Neil, <laughs> I think. It's always it's Neil loving hours cute. here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's just a cutie, and he has a lot of funny jokes, mm-hmm. and he helps Cal a lot, and he helps Cal learn um, how to be, like, strong in that way, in the asking mm-hmm. for help way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know who also is a really good friend to Cal? Who? Our good friend, Peach Blossom.
1: Animal yeah. friendship time is a time to talk about the animal friends.
2: Animal ho, ho, ho. friends. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I want to I wanna give one shout out in the regular Queen's Riders friendship, mm-hmm. the non-animal friendship, and we can move right on to animal friendship, which is our good big friend Raul yeah! is in this book. Raul! I love him. He's not a particular, he's not very into friendship in this book. It's not a friendship mm-hmm. book with Raul, but, but... that
1: is a man who is shaped like a friend.
3: Okay, but we can go
0: into animal friendship. Animal friendship. Real life animal friendship. Gus, I'm very sorry if it made loud noises when I hand fed my cat beef jerky during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He earned it by stopping scratching the couch. Animal (laughs) friendship. I love Peach Blossom. He's very good. And I just feel like, you know, best horse. Because, like, Mm. yeah, Kyle, like, puts in the work for him, and then he helps her out, and that's really cool. And, like, you know?
2: When she's doubting herself, he'll, like, he, like, literally tells her, don't do that, doubting. You believe in you. And he's, like, there to, he, like, protect her with his big horse body. He's such a good, good horse.
1: Hey, Aurora, you know about horses. Yes. What does it mean for a horse's mouth to be hard?
2: Oh, um, that means that, so, you know, you put a bridle on a horse with a bit, and the bit's that metal bit that goes in their mouth, that you pull on when you want them to stop. And if they have a hard mouth, it means that they're, they don't, like, that they don't feel it or respond to it as much and so you can pull on them and they won't stop it's essentially what it means like that they, they got used to the bit
3: yeah
0: mm-hmm. okay so somebody yeah. was too hard on him and now he doesn't listen mm-hmm. as well yes mm-hmm. wow i love this too as like a little bit of a discussion of trauma and like mm-hmm. you know acknowledging people's limitations because of what they've been through and by people i mean horse and by horse i mean peach blossom but it's very mm-hmm. cute and good
2: no, and the whole interaction mm-hmm. between Dane, Kel, and Peach Blossom, and the way that Dane says, I won't change him for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to take him as he is, and then you two yeah. can negotiate that. Um, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Teaching, yeah. working with Peach Blossom on his own. Great terms. Oh, yeah. and we forgot about our, our hostler friend, who we do like, and is a human, oh, yeah, I guess. Stefan. Stefan.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. I like him. I was glad to see him again. Like, he's great.
1: He's great. Where's Onoa? Like, where is my good friend
3: Onoa? Oh. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, where is is she?
0: She's cool. I miss her.
3: I mean, realistically, she's probably out, like, you know, getting horses for the Queen's Riders Mm -hmm. and stuff, but bring her back. Where is my friend? Yeah.
0: (sighs) Yeah. And there are birds. Not a big bird kick, so if somebody else wants to talk about birds.
1: I'm a pretty big fan of birds, just as, like, I like the way they're shaped. I like them. <laughs> Amy, do you like birds? Do you want to talk about how much you like weird birds? I really, I really like weird birds. Lately, I've been drawing a lot of weird birds for a podcast that does not have that many weird birds in it. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, so she just has all of these sparrow friends and she always picks up bread for them, which you're really not supposed to feed birds that much bread, but like she's doing it and the birds love her for it. And the birds, I like, I believe in my whole heart that da- that Alana told Dane, hey, Dane, this girl's going to be here. She is not going to be supported by the system. Help her out. Like, be make sure she has someone to talk to. And Dane said to herself, You know who I think would be a great friend is birds. (laughs) (laughs) She told some birds, birds, hey, go up there. And those birds are there because of Dane. I believe that. I cannot be changed from thinking that.
0: I really believe you. I love that as Mm -hmm. like a, a backup. It is very Dane to just be like, you know, I won't go up there and say hi. Birds would be better. (laughs) (laughs) What could be better than birds? Who doesn't love birds? What would make you feel more supported than birds?
1: (laughs) And meanwhile, Kel just has, like, all of her fake cat figures. Like, that could have backfired.
0: Yeah, it could have backfired. I do like her little cat figures. It's cute. Mm -hmm. That's kind Mm -hmm. of like an animal friend, except a belonging. (laughs)
1: She gave Neil one of the cats, and he just came up and was like, I love that cat. Like... to the cat.
2: <laughs> and the no, he paper... specifically
1: said he loved the cat. Neil is not afraid to love cats. No.
2: <laughs> I like how cats are like a, a metric of like character in these books. Like, if you like cats, yeah. you're a good person. <laughs> if cats don't like you, you're probably terrible. Hashtag Duke mm-hmm. Roger.
1: If you are a cat, you are probably upholding the patriarchy. (laughs) What's up with Faithful?
2: What's up with Faithful?
1: Yeah, what's up with his deal? Anyway, uh, other animal friends... I don't think there really were other animals, except I do did like when <laughs> when Kel was just like, um, "So my birds have been attacking other soldiers, but more importantly, they know the answer to this quandary we're in." <laughs> yeah, like, that was great. Out in the
0: field, <laughs> so and then good. like that was how she got to be like really important to succeeding. The success of the mission was the mm-hmm. birds,
1: and everyone was like. Oh, okay. This is the lady night, but also she like these birds seem pretty credible.
0: You know what seems more credible than a woman? A bird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I didn't mean, happen little... in the book.
1: <laughs> but that's what I felt co- emanating from it.
3: a little bit.
0: Okay, it's time for spoilers, and as you guys know, Amy hasn't actually read the books before, so, um, like we always have you do. Amy, put on your headphones, you know? We don't want you to be able to hear us if you could hum a tune, you know? That
3: would be great. Go stand in a corner. Yeah,
0: stand in the corner. We'll let you know. We'll, We'll, like, text you. Okay,
3: yeah, I'll go, like, take a walk or something.
0: Yeah, we'll confirm. It's very
3: important that this is secret. Uh, Don't say anything too interesting.
0: Yeah, you know... (laughs) Amy's naive reactions are a really important part of the dynamic, so. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. Amy, Amy, can you hear us? She can't
2: hear us. She's singing a song.
0: She's singing a song. Okay, most important spoiler, guys. Aurora, do you want to tell us about the spoiler?
2: Oh, okay, yeah, so guys, if you recall from later books, Alana is the one sending those gifts to Kel.
0: You never would have guessed, right? You know, I was shocked. I had completely forgotten. I had forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's a huge spoiler. Amy's never going to figure it out. Amy's never going to figure it out. We know Amy, you know, she's great at subtext, but I think this is just a little, it's it's just hints, you know, just the barest hints. And that's what makes it so rewarding Mm -hmm. when you eventually (laughs) figure it out. I'm excited Mm -hmm. for her to get to that moment. Super psyched. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's our spoiler section.
2: Great. Good job, team. Yep.
3: Thank you for joining us for Night Vision, our spoiler section. Night Vision with a K. Get it?
2: Yeah. No. Get uh, it? Amy. How do we make Amy come back? Do we, like, wave? Amy.
3: Amy. 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 Amy.
0: Amy! Amy.
1: <clears throat> Join us. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'm back. Really glad to be back. I'm glad that you had that time to talk about important
0: spoilers. We just want to respect your process with the books. <laughs> Amy, we talked a little bit about the big mystery question of these books. Who do you think <laughs> is sending the secret letters and gifts? I'm sure you haven't guessed.
1: Guys, there's one character in this entire series who would look at a 10-year-old girl and say, this kid needs a knife. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Owen was the last person in this series who would give a 10 year old a knife. She's the most responsible one. It's Alana. It's Alana. Alana's the only one who would think a knife
0: is an appropriate gift for a child. Animorphs, Amy. Animorphs. You <laughs> can neither confirm nor deny. Um, sanctity of spoilers, you guys. Um, all right, so now we have some palace gossip. Um, and we're going to talk about, um, a question that we had gotten through our Tumblr, right? Yeah, Tumblr, and then I think email, right? Yeah. Okay, so, um, as you guys know, you can find our Tumblr at com. Look at how I remembered that, are you impressed? Um, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. And you can email us at, at com. Please do, we love to talk to people
3: i think aurora do you have the thing pulled up or
2: um i do have the email that was sent to us and Mm -hmm. the document that was attached um
3: (laughs) it's very long we probably shouldn't read the whole thing
2: no no though i would like to say i truly do appreciate like the time and thought and really intelligent commentary that um that went into this email and while we will not discuss all of it on the air probably due to like time things, um, uh, you all wrote some really good stuff and we are all looking forward to going through it.
0: Yeah, and we so appreciate your input because it leaves us like better informed and more able to have Mm -hmm. good discussion um, because our perspective is really limited and that's why we really value hearing from you.
2: Mm -hmm. These are two friends that uh, kind of had a discussion about some of the issues of um, the treatment of uh, the Yamani in these books and how it reflects on kind of immigrant experiences and representation of things that are um, kind of analogs to like East Asian countries, etc. And so these two friends came together to talk about this. um, And we're, if it's okay with you all, going to specifically talk about uh, their discussion of the kind of be as a, t- be as a stone part of, um, Kel's, uh, character development. And so our readers who are Rose and- Roses and Railways on Tumblr and Bucky Baitness Um, sorry <laughs> if I, I think I'm saying those. Okay. But if not, apologies. Um. We do have listeners, not readers but continue please um <laughs> close enough <laughs> yes yeah. anyway um so uh <laughs> they talk about how uh neither one of them is really comfortable with the idea that was portrayed here about how somehow asians express emotions less or arts have somehow like drastically different thought patterns mm. um and like You know, that being said, they mentioned that there are, like, warrior philosophies or martial civil concepts that might be playing into this, but it still comes off as stereotyping. Um, And I thought this was a really good point uh, to bring Mm -hmm. up when we talk about how this was portrayed in the writing of the book.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there any, like, particular quote you could pull from
3: what they said? I mean, that was pretty close to... Yeah, that was pretty close to the words that they used. Okay, cool. I haven't looked at
0: it, just to give people a sense of, like, their own words, too,
2: yeah and they said also it doesn't seem right to say that feudal Japan showed no emotion, perhaps it's different emotion, besides, it's not as if European medieval courts weren't stuffy or ritualized in their own way, which is a good point yeah
3: that's a right. Good point. It's a good point that that um you know when when we look at other cultures, it's easy to say like um, like, oh, they don't do this thing just because you don't recognize it, you know as as because it's not the same way that you do the thing right, right? Mm-hmm. like that's a good point as well. and yeah so like when when we're when we're raised to only see expressions of emotion in a certain way like maybe we won't recognize expressions of emotion when they're done very differently but that doesn't mean that there aren't those expressions of emotion mm-hmm. right and i yeah, think as and well and that's
1: Go ahead, Amy. I was oh I was just going to say and that's like a major weakness of writing about East Asian people <laughs> without asking East Asian people anything right. and instead going off of books which are often written by like white anthropologists who are going to go into it with like white European ideas of what other people are doing and are going to interpret it through that lens so like you have to think about where your research comes from and you also like maybe should let. East Asian people talk about their own
0: culture. Yeah, or draw from personal narratives, too. Um,
3: yeah, and I think
0: yeah. our listeners, too, are kind of talking about the idea that, like, when you are looking at that that training or that idea of being really, really disciplined, that's not the general people or the general culture, right? It's, like, specific schools of thought that are very involved and broader than just that idea Um, So when Cal maybe is part of one of those schools, it seems like she is getting some specific training and guidance, but then she keeps referring to just the Yemeni instead of talking specifically about where she's learning that or why it might be a specific teaching or something like that. Like there's, again, like the nuance is just not there, which um, I think this Mm -hmm. listener uh, or these two listeners pointed out with like a lot of um, good examples and yeah. this is a
3: really good this is a really good um document and maybe we'll do something with it maybe we'll yeah. see if we can post it somewhere mm-hmm. but um, I think
0: that would be great if we are able to like reach out to them and put it up on our yeah I'll or
3: see if we can yeah but I wanted to um mention this other part which is um one of them is a former European history major um and uh, does not feel that the way that Tortollans, for example, Wilden calling Yamanis barbarians, I mean, sorry, barbarians, woo <laughs> uh, accurately reflects actual diverse relationships between Europe and different quote-unquote other countries. Um, and that, you know, they weren't that, you know, in, in Europe, um, in the Middle Ages, um, and obviously this is a large period of history, but um, the the Far East, uh, you know, the quote-unquote Far East is treated very differently than the quote-unquote Near East, right. um, and that often um, the Far East was seen as, in some ways, like more enlightened um, than, um, you know, than Europeans in some ways, right. um, and that that is otherizing and um, still bad and the the only way to maybe. right it's it's yeah it 's exoticizing and when we only show um stereotypes when we only show certain stereotypes like the bad stereotypes as being bad, <laughs> then we 're ignoring the ways that you know um kind of putting people on pedestals or exotic exoticizing people can also be bad yeah. um mm mm-hmm. Yeah, anyways, they said they thought it was a little bit of a sloppy treatment of race relations, and I would agree. Mm-hmm. I sure would agree. Also, I don't, yeah, I don't much love, you know, just reading people referred to as bar- as barbarians, but, you know. No. Right.
0: And, like, we talked about, like, the same time we're talking about, like, Wilden being um, kind of what would you call that, like, redeemed for his treatment of gender? Mm. Like, his treatment of Mm. race is all wrapped up in that as well. Like, he has a lot of unacceptable views and those are all equally or, you know, even like, more so unacceptable to redeem blatant racism, you know? Mm. Like, that should make him, in uh, in many ways, like, an irredeemable character without a lot more discussion.
3: (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, his views on race are awful and i don't know that those are ever addressed i mean i'll have to keep an eye out for it because i don't trust my views of 10 years ago but spoilers my reading he doesn't get any better (laughs) well no no kidding okay
2: sorry amy plug your ears that's a real spoiler
3: Yeah, retroactively plug your ears amy erase your memories
2: yeah
1: oh okay already done where are we (laughs)
0: Um, all right. Uh, well, that was what, like we said, we really appreciate hearing from people. Did we have something from the email as well?
3: Oh, that, that, that was, was from email. the email. That was it from was email. It was communication via Did both we Tumblr have and email. something else as
0: um, well, or are we... Nope. Good? All right. Um, do we want to address, where are we going to... We don't have a list of people from Tumblr. Are we just
3: going to say, like, uh, we thanks don't. everybody for interacting with us on Tumblr? Yeah. Uh... Cool, I'll do that. If you've interacted with us on Tumblr, thank you so much. If we've not gotten around to replying to you on Tumblr, we're very sorry. Tumblr is just, a, like, an awful place <laughs> to respond to messages on. Yeah. It's just – its messaging system is terrible, and it makes it extremely hard for us to respond to things on there. Yeah,
0: and we're very sorry – yeah, it's a little more, more poorly uh, addressed than our other social media, but it's it's not due to lack of trying. Like, it genuinely is very difficult. <laughs>
3: Yes, we we love hearing from you. Don't feel like you're bugging us if you want to send us the same message on a different platform. Yeah, or you know, send it to us again if you think that we you know should really see it. Um, But um, we appreciate hearing from you. We should do. Um, Yeah, if
0: you want a quick reply, try try our Twitter, and if you want a detailed reply, try our email. And if for some reason you're already on Tumblr, I guess you can try our Tumblr. (laughs) <laughs> um, is that that accurate we yeah.
3: occasionally respond to things on
1: tumblr especially yeah. if it is a meme of our show
0: oh uh, we love oh my god can we have more memes are we allowed to ask for things i would like to i add? don't want to be the memes. only
1: person who makes memes of our show because that feels like maybe something someone else who's not on the show should do
0: <laughs> <laughs> is the meme we already got Amy on some sort of alt account can't disprove.
1: Um. No, I can't take credit for that one. It's so good. Yeah, and it it's really good.
0: It's hey guys, we have a slick meme. To check out our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Is <Tumblr. laughs> that yeah. what the kids are saying? Slick memes? Probably.
1: <laughs> Probably not. These memes <laughs> these memes are the slap kids. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much if you've interacted with us on Tumblr since our last episode.
3: Send me slick news. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do no, this. I mean, folks, we really need to move on. Oh, no, we
0: got the folks. Okay.
3: okay.
1: Grace um, and I have to be separated. <laughs>
0: Okay, it's time for the Chamber of the Ordeal. We're going to give some ratings to this book. Um, so, as you guys know, we normally rate on uh, who we would recommend the book to. Um, and what else do we do? We give a an animal friendship mate rating, a nostalgia rating. Mm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. And hey, you know who can give us a nostalgia rating? <gasps> Amy. <gasps> oh my gosh, me, technically. <laughs> oh. Amy, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, you Yeah. Okay, so for nostalgia, I'm going to give this a, uh, I'm going to say, you know what, this is the only one I can do, so I'm just going to give it a 10 out of 10, <laughs> even though that's probably not true, because it just really reminded me of right after we decided to make this podcast, when I read the first Kel book, and Aww. I was like sitting outside on in, near a beach reading this book, and then we talked about it, and it was
0: nice. Oh, that's a nice, and, I mean, is that nostalgia for like one and a bit years ago?
2: <laughs> yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, okay. it is. But listen, listen. This is the it was wealth a I have. Time. This. Is, yeah, it was a different time. Oh gosh. But yeah. So that's my nostalgia rating is going to be ten out of ten because I can give one. And my animal friendship rating is going to also be like a ten out of ten because those birds are good friends <laughs> and the horse is a dang good friend. Dang
2: good
1: friend. Uh, dang good friend. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would recommend this to anyone who's, like, real mad about just the idea of sexism right now. And is okay with that not being totally resolved or eradicated by the end of the book.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Good. Um, so I would give this a nostalgia rating, I think, of 8 out of 10. Because I really loved reading it. Like, so glad I got to revisit my girl Kel and all of her good friends. But, like, minus two points for still not being great about writing race. And I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, animal Friendship, yeah, 10 out of 10. I love my good boy Peach Blossom. My sturdiest <laughs> horse friend. Um, and who would I recommend this to? Yeah, this is a book where I would recommend this, I think, to most people. Because this was one of those books that, growing up, was super formative and in a, in a way that you know, I think had a very positive impact on me as a grown adult. And while, of course, it has its problems, there are so many, it has so many good things going for it that I think it's, it's a good read for those youths. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. I'm next in the alphabet. Um, I would give this book, um, okay. So for nostalgia reading, I would give it, Okay i would give it a 10 out of 10 which is an original 12 out of 10 (laughs) with with two deducted for treatment of race um and i just have unbelievable amounts of nostalgia for this book like i've i have like super visceral images of like me reading it as a child me going to the library and checking it out again even though i'd already read it and i do think it was like i talked about a little bit last episode like formative of my values and my like approach to the world and i I just love Cal. I'm so excited to keep reading this series and I hope it holds up as much as this book did because it had so many moments that I was just happy to be reading, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. with the friendship and the, um, like some of her triumphs are just so good. Um, and animal friendship, I would give 10 out of 10, you know, good horse. I'm not personally a fan of birds as I've expressed a number of times, but these, (laughs) as far as birds go, pretty good and as far as friends go these birds are Um, top-notch I would recommend this book you know I think everybody should read this book this is a book that like I don't when in the past we've said discussion should happen with books I think that instead I would phrase this book as being like a really good starting point for good discussions to have mm. with kids but just totally mm-hmm. different to you need to talk for three hours before you could get give, give your kid this book this is like <laughs> give your kid this book and then have a great conversation mm-hmm. which I believe could happen coming from this book um, And mm-hmm. that's how I feel about it go Gus
3: yay okay uh, I would I, I think for nostalgia I got to do yeah 9 out of 10 great book wonderful book Um made me feel a lot of feelings occasionally those feelings were anger <laughs> because of you know S- wilden and all his stuff and you know some other things that we've discussed but you know real good book really like you know some really good classic tamara pierce i think neil's voice especially is just like he's just one of those tamara pierce characters who you're like oh great here's the snarky one yeah <laughs> you know and you're like yes The snarky one. She writes good snark. -hmm. Oh, I'm excited
1: for Shelby to be able to talk about this. She loves snark.
3: (laughs) Yes. Um, The, oh, Animal Friendship. 10 out of 10. Peach Blossom's a great horse. The birds are great birds. Uh, Crown is a wonderful bird leader. Um, I love Peach Blossom. I forgot how much I love Peach Blossom. Yeah, and as for who I would recommend this to, I pretty much do recommend this to, like, anybody who asks for, um, a recommendation for which it would fit. And a lot of people who don't ask, (laughs) um, it's, you know, like, it's, it's a great, it's a great book. It's good for kids of pretty much all ages. Mm -hmm. Um, it's yeah. Oh, it's good for adults. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: reason why I read Cal and none of the other books is because like, a number of you recommended I read that one. Not, mm-hmm. I don't remember if I asked. But you did tell me <laughs> no, to.
3: No, I'm not. sure we just volunteered that. We were just like, no, you need to read this book. Yeah. Right. We all have strong feelings about it.
0: I yeah, everyone is, should read this book. Yeah, I think this is such a cool book, too, to help kids start to understand like what it looks like to be a disprivileged person or like a minority person mm-hmm. in an environment when I talk yep. about like discussion I hope that's the discussion that's happening and yeah. I think it should be happening so that's why I'm so happy that people could read this book and and start to have that conversation
2: oh I'm so happy we can we're at the point where we can recommend the book recommend and just recommend, recommend it to everyone yeah, yeah. like no caveats yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so pleased yeah. this was a good book friends like yeah yeah I'm glad we got here
0: yeah I hope our immense amounts of love for this book come up came across like I think they did, but yeah. we love this book.
3: Yeah. Love this
2: mm-hmm. book.
0: Alright, um so that's our podcast. Um mm-hmm. some of it, at least some of what we've just recorded will be our podcast. Um That's how it
1: goes usually,
0: yes. Um the ratio might be a little more off than usual, but you know what? It's <laughs> how it goes you're our listeners to our podcast and we would love to hear from you.
1: You can email us at turtlerecall at gmail.com our twitter is at turtlerecall and our tumblr is turtlerecall.tumblr.com please feel free to reach out to us anywhere we have a patreon the patreon is also turtlerecall if you have like a dollar a month feel free to jump in or three dollars a month those are our two levels.
0: If you have three (laughs) dollars a month you can listen to us say so much more nonsense Some of the nonsense, probably, that was cut from this very episode.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. We also, I believe that in October, we released Tonal Recall, which is just a lot of songs that we cut because we sing when we go offline a lot. Um, Yeah, so that's that's show. That's our show.
0: If you support us at at $50 a month, I'll burn an audio cassette of Tonal Recall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mail it to
1: your home sounds good also i still have an indiegogo that's unrelated to this podcast it's yeah uh, god's head it's called the god's head incidental maybe we can still put the link in this description um okay we are still going to put the link in the description yeah. so check that out if you're still interested and that's that's all i had
0: that's all we all have good yeah. podcast good podcast so
1: friends. let's bully someone into saying the sign off
3: who is the weakest of us <laughs> see ya, tortellini
2: Oh, Gus,
3: you're
0: stronger.
3: You're stronger than anyone here.
0: (laughs) Gus knows the truth, which is that we must say the sign off to be free. That's true.
1: My wings! Mm. My wings are back! (laughs) Goodbye! I'm finally free! Should I stop recording? Stop recording. I can go home. Yes, we can all
3: stop recording.